actually turning this I'm turning this on right now. So this Promoting. episode's gonna open with us just watching Wizard Celtics. <laughs> A baseball podcast watches basketball. <laughs> I mean now that all our teams now that all our teams are out of the playoffs, the NBA playoffs, we can you know, we can get back to talking about baseball. Can I tell you how miserable the live experience of watching the greatest comeback in playoffs history was when it's against your favorite team? <laughs> so, you were at you were at which game? Uh, Cavs Pacers game three. Ah, uh, what, what was the deficit at halftime? Because I was really surprised to hear it was the largest comeback. Twenty, ever. I think it was twenty-five. Okay. That surprises me. Though. And don't get me wrong, 25 is a pretty large uh, deficit, but it still surprises me that's the largest. You know what John Boyce says on Twitter? He says, never count out touchdown LeBron. That's what he says on Twitter. He went insane. Only in New York is what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are the standings right now? NL Central. Yeah, it's, 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 kind of a, it's kind of a cluster. But yeah, but Eric's but Eric's also right that it's it's not that important. But it is a cluster. Pittsburgh's in last, but they're two out. Yeah, they are. And uh, oh, the Reds. Oh, the Reds are one and a half. The, oh, the um, standings Pirates were waxed by the Pirates tonight. Yeah, the Pirates smoked the Reds tonight. So actually, the Pirates and Reds are both sitting in last, but only a game and a half out. Um, but that's probably going to go back up to two games since the Cubs are. As you said, current. As you said, off air. Currently up what? Eight to two, seven to two. Uh, eight to three. Oh, eight to three. Okay. Hey, if you could Cardinals, my MLB TV. You know, I think this is the last year I'm gonna get MLB TV. What's wrong? I'm gonna go back to extra innings. Um, it's just so much more reliable. The getting it, Uh, getting it with the TV package. I mean, you. I mean, you have a. You have the TV out there. Yeah. Out yeah. there in San Diego. <laughs> Let the record show here in San Diego. Well, the problem is I'm going to be moving back from San Diego um, in August. And so if I would have gotten a TV package here, it would have been just for like half the season. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. true. Oh, so you'll get it yeah. when you move back. Well, no, because then I'd only be getting it for... I, so I went ahead and got MLB TV this year because I figured that'll be very easy to transport from one city to another, right? Because you're watching it on devices and stuff like that. So I think for the 2018 season, I'm going to go back to the extra innings package. Mm. Hey, I, I was thinking before we started talking of kind of a fun game. Do you want to hear it? Cool. Ooh, yeah. I love a fun game. Pre- predict Eric Thames slash line at the end of the season. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll Hold on. You, I'm gonna... what it is now. Right now, he is uh, batting 341 okay. with an on base of 463, and he's slugging 795. Obviously, he has been slumping for a little bit, I guess, the last uh, week or so. His, that seems a little bit down from what I'm used to from him. From what it was just like a week ago, it was I feel like he was. Well, he's not or... playing the Reds anymore. <laughs> that was miserable. Every time he was up, he has eight home runs against the Reds. In how many games are we talking? Seven. It's... Yeah, it's got to be some seven at the most. Six, okay. seven. 
Um, do you look at the Cubs fan graph, uh, fan graph's team page? Um, okay. team pages? Uh, I, I haven't looked at the new team pages on fan graphs. It's really I usually, cool. I usually go to, I usually go to baseball ref. I recommend bookmarking the Cubs, since you're a Cubs fan, the Cubs team page on Fangraphs. It's, uh, I mean, it's always info we had already at our disposal, but now it's like all packaged into one place. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, just fun to obsessively look at every morning. By the way, Wizards and Celtics. Hey, wait, real, hey, wait, real quick. Are you, how, where are you in the, in the Boston game? 12 seconds. I'm at 14 seconds. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I am way ahead of you guys. Oh, so you so you know what happens. <laughs> I do know what happens. You know what happens. You know whether the shot goes oh. in, which it doesn't. Oh. oh so Alex knew it was overtime before we knew it was overtime. Not only did I know it was overtime, I actually said it was overtime, but apparently neither of you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. When All when right, this episode when 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 Matt and Rob listen to when Matt Matt Rob and Ross all listen to this episode, <laughs> they'll they'll make a note of that. So Eric Thames right now is batting three forty one, four sixty three, seven ninety five. His preseason preseason projections from the prospectus annual. Oh, they are not good. Two thirty eight. 298 396 Oh wow, that's 17 homers. He's uh he's he's more than halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> um fun, for a fun exercise, I also thought I would pull up Eric Thames's 2013 baseball prospectus player comment. I haven't read it until right now. Dakota projection for 2013, 241, 298, 401, 10 homers. Actually, not that different. <laughs> not that different from his uh, his projection this year. When you start feeling confident in advanced defensive metrics, go look at Thames, who is either an above-average left fielder, plus four runs in his 181-game career, according to us, or a considerably worse option than Bobby Abreu right now, minus 19 by John Dewan's plus-minus ratings. That's a big difference, and it's a big deal in evaluating Thames, whose, whose bat is just average for a corner. With an average glove, he's an everyday player on a second division team and perhaps the big half of a platoon on a contender, or without it, he's quad A. The consensus among those watching him, who watched him in Toronto, where he f- was frequently replaced for defense late in games, leans heavily towards the latter. Not even a joke. Damn. Right now, 341, 463, 795, projected 238, 298, 396. So, Alex, you're looking for end of year projections, or end of year projections as of May 2nd. When the Brewer season is over, what will be his slash line? You don't have to give me like this many plate appearances or anything like that. Just I'm going to say 278. Okay. Okay. 349. Okay. 512. Hmm. Probably got his on base too high there, but whatever. His OBPs in Korea were all over 420. I didn't 
realize he was that good. In, I knew he was good in Korea, but I mean, his nickname was God. <laughs> well, that yeah, that lends itself to pretty productive seasons. So, I'm gonna go two two eighty. Uh, man, it's already so high. Um, two eighty. Three. Nah, let me see what. Oh crap! What is his walk rate right now? It is. He's got an eighteen percent walk rate right now. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> um. All right. Two eighty. I'll just make it easy. 280, 380. Oh. Oh, that's high. Uh, I mean, it's not. I mean, he is. What was your slugging? Over 463 right now. So Alex's slugging was 512. I'll go 520. 283, 520. I'm going. I'm going a little lower on the batting average. I'm going to go 269, 355, and 500. 269, 355, 500. I have uh, the Cardinals game going on my MLB TV right now, and it's at a commercial. And um, if you all watch MLB TV, which I'm sure you do, you know, sometimes they show those highlights from past years. Mm-hmm. There's two that I never get tired of watching. One is, um, and this is like the stupidest, weirdest, coolest thing, but Paul O'Neill kicking the ball in from right field when he was with the Reds. <laughs> um, like, I still don't understand, one, what he was thinking um, to do that because there were men on base, not just the guy who, who just got a hit, but I, I think there was a – either a man on third or second, um, meaning once he kicked it in, that's where they ended up. And two, the fact that it kind of worked. It did. He kicked it right kinda to the worked. first baseman. Um, and the second one is Bartolo Colon's behind the back. Um, that guy hits a, like a dribbler up the first baseline, and he fields it falling in the foul territory and throws it behind his back to the first baseman to get him out. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yep. I could watch those two all day. I'm I'm watching this Paul O'Neill kicks ball the infielder video. I'll be honest, I I do watch MLB TV, but I I never get the highlights. Ah, the highlights. I only get the highlights when it's on when I'm listening to the audio. So watch. Uh, have you watched it yet? Oh my gosh! What? <laughs> right? Like, what is he thinking? I know he had a bit of a temper, so I feel like he was just taking it out on that ball, and he asked, "I'm kicking the ball." But it, it, the fact that it worked out so well—I mean, that could have not worked out well. It should, probably should have worked this, out well. With runners on base, that could work out really, I'd, really I'd, bad. I'd like to know what the score, what the score is, and like what inning it was. But there's also no. There wasn't. There wasn't an out recorded on the play. 
No, it's just the fact that he got the ball in. <laughs> he got the ball back in the infield in a sort of respectable manner by k- kicking the ball there. How long can a hamburger sit out before it goes bad? Hmm. Uh, Cause I'm eating one that's been out since lunch. Oh. Oh, lunch is fine. Yeah. No, I would eat. I think same day is fine. I'm all up in it, so we'll see. What I think happens. same. Okay, same day is fine unless. Wait, were there toppings on it? Uh, lettuce, tomato, maybe some condiments. Uh, is this a burger? Yeah, it's a burger. Wait, it's my wait, wait, were you not, were you not the one who was wait. eating it the first time? She you're left un- it out. It's free, fair game. You're you're unsure that it was a that it's a burger. The cheese on top threw me off. It looked like chicken for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Well, if it's out, one, if it's out, it's fair game. But also, two, if it's uh, if if it's same day, you're fine. That's good and wait, what are you drinking? Uh, a Coors Light. Ooh. Nice. Have you, Alex? I've taken Alex, some what are you drinking? Twitter recently for Coors Light love. I, I'm uh, I, I think cheap beer is. Uh, is fine. I like good beer, but I also like cheap beer. I am drinking water. I had some glass of wine after dinner, but I'm just drinking some water. Ooh. Damn, Boston really pulled away here. Yeah. Brandon, what, what, are you, what are you drinking? I'm actually not drinking any. I just actually don't have anything uh, in front of me right now. What I was drinking most recently was a uh, a uh, a grapefruit sparkling water, not <laughs> not Lacroix. It's the uh, it's the Aldi brand one. This sounds actually pretty refreshing. My wife is a big fan of Lacroix, but this is also reminding me four months in advance to pace myself when we're at the uh, Wrigley uh, <laughs> uh, guaranteed rate field uh, doubleheader. The doubleheader. Yeah. Oh boy. That's right. NL Central show goes to the Red Line doubleheader this September. That's what, September Coming 8th? At. That'll be fun. September 8th? September yeah, 8th, September that, that will be fun. That will be fun. Uh, friend of the program, Darius Austin, will be in town. All the way from United Kingdom. So that'll be good. Now, I forget, is he coming in for this specifically? Sh- or is oh he... goodness, we we would be super special if that was the case. But no, he's coming in for a wedding okay. that's taking place. That's taking place the week before. Ah, perfect. Uh, but he he convinced his partner to stick around, in part because the Giants are going to be participating in this one, and they are his team. Are they playing the Cubs or the White Sox? They are playing the White Sox. Oh, fun! Yeah. Yeah, that is fun. It w- it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll it'll be a great time. Ross is coming too. So. So speaking of of the Cubs, Brandon, um, what's they're up? What eight to three? Is that what you said there? Yeah, they're up eight to three. So before I turned on the Boston game. Assuming they three. close this out, that will put them um, two games over five hundred, in a first place in yeah. the Central, right? So yeah, you know, yeah. I th- there's. Let me preface this by saying I think there's 
absolutely nothing wrong with the Cubs. I think they'll price. You'd be silly to say the guess against them winning in the upwards of 90 some games. Um, but just to have fun. What's the Cubs? Why aren't they? Um, why aren't they better? Um. Okay. Take a guess at the number of runs the Cubs have allowed in the first inning of games this season. <laughs> so it's funny you say that because uh, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that question, um, but. And I thought you just asked, take a guess how many runs they've allowed total. But for the first inning, the Cardinals had a really bad issue with this last year, whereas they were like scoring 1.2. Wait, no, that's not right. Basically, they were getting outscored massively in the first inning. Um, and I have noticed when I've turned on Cubs games that they uh, will be down like They'll have, they'll have given up four runs early, and then fast forward to the eighth inning, and the other team still has four runs. Yeah. And the Cubs also, they had a week where they had three come-from-behind wins in the ninth inning in the week. It was it was ridiculous. Um, um, but to answer your question, I have no idea how many runs they've given up in the first inning. I'm guessing, since you asked, it's a lot of runs. Eric, do you have a guess? Oh, I will guess. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I still offer a guess. I'm sorry. Oh, so yeah. Played, offer a guess. Yeah, I'm sorry. They've played um, 26 games. Um, I will say, I'll say something really silly like 38. Uh, 25. Ooh. Uh, Alex is closer. It's. 33. What? Oh my. Okay. That includes one today. Yesterday uh, yesterday really threw it off. It would have been closer to Eric's if yesterday didn't happen, but when they gave up uh, what was that? Four? I think it was yeah, it was four in the it was, uh, yeah, it was four in the first and three in the second. Tommy Joe? I mean I mean, yeah, Brett Anderson just had an awful awful start. Well, but, he was pitching in a monsoon, so it's understandable. Yeah, and and uh, they probably left Boston at like 2 a.m. or something the night before, something crazy like that. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about the Cubs. It's like you know they had they've had stretches of 30 days like this last season where they were just a little over 500, and yeah, it's fine. It's early. It's base baseball's. Uh, I'm I'm still in that mode where it's like baseball is back, you know, and it's and it's fun and it's April. Well, it's May now, but it's basically April. So I'm not worried about the Cubs, which is which is a pretty boring answer to this. But I'm just like, you know, I mean, you know, if it's if it, if it's like the All Star break, if the Cubs are two games over 500, then I'll be like, oh, what's happening? But but it's almost like. You know, if they if they play at this pace where they're, you know, three games over three games over five hundred every month, you know, by the end of the season that puts them eighteen games over five hundred, you know, and that's yeah. yeah, and and that's not and that's not too far off from projections, right? And uh, and the Cubs were projected in the low nineties by most systems. It does not. I expect I expected them to outperform, but. You know, 
if that's what happens, then <laughs> such as baseball, such as life. It does not feel like it's going to take much to win the NL Central this year. See, I, I think that, but I, I would say that more about the NL Wild Card. Yeah, I could see the Cubs just rattling off one of those, like, win 28 out of, like, 40 games or something and just kind of leave the pack. But, man, <coughs> after her, um, you look at the NL, what could be the NL wildcard race, and there just really aren't that many good teams. That's true. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the standings on fan graphs. What is your guess as the Brewers' playoff percentage right now? I'm going to say uh, 4.5%. 7, 6, 7? 7. 4.1. And they're in second place. I mean, that seems, that seems really not right. far ahead of second place. But. I only I, I only guess 4.1 or whatever I guess because I actually looked um, at this <laughs> a couple days ago. And I saw and I saw it was low. And <laughs> you didn't even mention so, that. Well, it was a couple of days. You didn't mention that you basically it was a cheated. Days ago and I owned up to it afterwards, so I think it's fair. Um, Cardinals are at forty-seven point six percent for playoffs. Pirates are at sixteen point five percent. Reds are at one. Cubs are still at Cubs are still at ninety-four. So if I'm looking at the National League, I honestly think the Cardinals are the best option for one of the wild card spots right now. And maybe I'm being biased when I say that, but I'm more saying it because the Giants are a mess. Um, I don't know what we think of the Rockies and Diamondbacks right now. Um, the Mets, you know, just had one of the worst weeks, um, and. And they could be out of it. So, yeah, who do you think are the two wild cards this year in the National League? I'm getting sold on the Rockies. I think Colorado will be one of them, and L.A. wins that division. What's what's selling you on the Rockies? I'm not disagreeing. I'm just Ah. curious because I picked them to finish third in the division when I was talking to someone, and I was trying to make my case for it. That's back when I thought the Giants would be good. I just don't... There's no one else I particularly like. Man. I think they kind of win by <laughs> default. I did not realize Arizona was 17 and 11. They are. In fact, not only are they 17 and 11, but they... Okay, I was about to say that they were even better than that for a while, um, but that's not true. I am really having trouble picking out a second wild card team. So I'm pulling up, pulling up the the Fangraphs projected standings for the rest of the season. So Nationals, Cubs, Dodgers, still the division winners, all winning games in the low 90s. Cardinals take wild card number one with 83 wins projected for the full season. Mets, Diamondbacks, Rockies all tied with 82. No kidding. Now that would that would make that would make for a really fun wild card week 
basically. Because that that would mean that would mean two tiebreakers, and then the wild card game. So I remember when this was kind of in play last year, leading up with the uh, with several teams that were in the wild card. But can someone remind me again what happens when there are three teams? Ooh, I don't remember. If it, the, or if if anyone remembers, because I certainly don't. It's fun that we're looking up wildcard <laughs> tiebreakers in May because we have because we glance at the fan graphs projections and say, Oh, maybe this could say, happen. BP's playoff odds has the Mets still with the forty one percent chance, which is the best wildcard odds. And then See, that seems crazy when you think about what's happened the last week, but then you think about it more and it really isn't because I don't believe in the Phillies, Braves, or Marlins. And and then you look at the other divisions, and I, I, I think the Brewers should have better than less than 5% odds, but I don't think they're a real wildcard contender. And, yeah, like I, I just – maybe I'm just staking this on reputation alone, but I just don't see the Rockies and Diamondbacks being there at the end. So yeah, they've got – right now it would be the Mets, and then the Diamondbacks and Rockies are basically – neck and neck for the second wild card spot by their playoff odds. One of the reasons why I kind of enjoy the Giants being bad <laughs> is because I enjoy Grant Brisby's writing when they're bad. That's a that's a good reason. That's a good reason. Like if you're not invested in the Giants, you might as well might as well root for them so that you can have a positive outcome for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm reading up on tiebreakers. <laughs> Brandon, back, back to the Cubs. Schwarber's off to a slow start, but Hayward's hitting well. Um, you know, Hayward, Hayward is hitting well. Um God, we're playing so many guessing Four. games. Guess, Compar- guess Jason Hayward's guess Jason Hayward's OPS plus coming into the game today. Comparatively speaking, he's hitting well. Um, yeah, Eric, do you want to take this one? Oh, I, I don't. Uh, one oh five. Ninety six. Oh. So even though he even though he is better, uh, he's he's not slugging that much. The batting average and on base are are back up, but. The, actually, his slugging probably isn't that far off from his. Uh, it's lower than his career, but it's uh, it's it's not so it's not so it's not as far off as last year's. So, but he he has zero doubles so far this year, which doesn't help. If if he's not slugging well, but if he's getting on base, does it make sense to bat him lead off, move Schwarber out of there? Because who cares if he's not slugging well if he's getting if he's making it to first with you know Bryant and Rizzo behind him, right? Yeah, yeah, I I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, I I think it's uh it's going to be time to move Schwarber off a of leadoff pretty soon. He uh not that batting average is everything, but he's he's below Mendoza right now. He's got an on base that's not that's not so bad, three twenty two early in the year but you know 
Yeah, it it might be about time to move Schwarber out of leadoff. I'm going to do something I haven't done yet this year and pull up the Reds fan graphs page. <laughs> see what we have. The left. offense has been surprisingly good. I saw a stat today that their starters have pitched the least amount of innings, you know, meaning teams are getting to their bullpens faster than they are against other teams. Um, but they're which is funny because their bullpen is well, it's better this year, isn't it? It's a lot better. They, as of last Thursday, Red starters were averaging four point one innings a start. Yikes! Which is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Scott Feldman was your opening day starter. I, don't, I mean, I don't think this is going to hold, but they're on pace to break the record for the most bullpen innings thrown on a season by the, a lot. The Reds have seven bullpen pitchers already above uh, zero war, which I say that like it's some awesome stat. I have no idea if it is or not. It might not be at all. But, uh, <laughs> Like whoa! Um, but they, they had mentioned in the off season they were open to using Lorenz and Iglesias both more than a hundred innings, and they may hit that by the All Star break. Okay. Um, Not oh really, wow! But yeah, they the, may the, hit that. Lorenzen's at fifteen point one, and Iglesias is at fourteen point one. Um, Reds are twelve and fourteen. Um, so you got to feel good about that, just from an improvement standpoint. Even if we are just twenty six games into the season, I would think. They, I was having a fun first couple weeks. Yeah, I remember I said I'm gonna. You, you, uh, you did a screen cap of the standings and you look wrote ha, every ha, night ha. for two weeks <laughs> at the Cardinals and last. I said I was gonna favor this tweet so I can return to it later. <laughs> um, and I think later is now. This is um, this is when you're returning to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, but I, it's funny I said because like the Cardinals are still only like one game up on the Reds, so it's not like uh, it's not like I'm not exactly owning Eric right now. Lorenz, uh in addition to his pitching war, has also accrued. It uh, looks like he's accrued point one batting war. They are using him occasionally as a pinch hitter when he is not available out of the bullpen this year because they're using a short bench. It, yeah, okay, so I know nothing about Michael Lorenzen. I take it he's he's known to be a pretty good hitter. Uh, I would say he's the American Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah, actually, okay. I said that on we'll Twitter. go with that. I said that on Twitter, and Kaz Yamasaki did not take kindly to that comparison. He is, uh, he is, he's, uh, there. He's probably better than like he's probably a better hitter than like Bruce, Brooks Kieschnick was a hitter, you know, in terms of those reliever pinch hitter types. I asked on Twitter what, who, which pitch hitter fans would rather have in front of him. And other than Hot Scooter Jeanette, they didn't really come up with many names. Hot Scooter Jeanette, that's so, funny. Yeah, that's where, that's where my season's at. 
I thought of something when we were talking about Hayward a second ago because I I don't remember who wrote it, but someone wrote an article about his, um, you know, those like exit exit velocity, launch angle, stuff like that. How it's kind of trending upwards, um, especially compared to last year, and. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but tell me why I'm supposed to care about the following. Um, and maybe I should. So if, if you think I should, tell me why and convince me. But when a Cardinals player makes an out. Someone... I'm always excited. That's always exciting. <laughs> someone will, a Cardinals. The 27 most, the 27 most exciting moments in uh, a game against the Cardinals. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't set this question up the correct way. But uh, someone, are, so a Cardinals player will like, uh, hit a line drive to to like a right fielder that'll be caught, and then um, immediately someone Carlos Twitter will be like, "That's okay, according to Statcast, that's a hit seventy nine percent of the time." Like, why should I care that that's a hit seventy nine percent of the time? I do, like, should I care? Because I don't, I don't in the aftermath of it not being a hit that time. I mean, it's this it's this never ending quest of being uh, evaluative versus predictive. Right and how, uh, you know, you could you could evaluate that as an out and say, oh well, you know, tough luck or hit it where they ain't or whatever, or you can look at it in that other way, right? Hit the ball hard, hit it at a spot where sure. they usually aren't, and and you know, next time, uh, you know, eight out of the next ten next times, it's going to be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, eight out of the ten <laughs> next times he hits that ball exactly where he just hit that one, it might or whatever it might be a hit. It's just, and I get it. Like, okay, yeah, he's he's making good contact with the ball, and that's um, important. Depending on who we're talking about, especially if it's a guy who has not been making very good contact with the ball, then you might even give a little more weight to it. But it's just like after a guy makes an out, and someone to like try to say, oh, but don't worry, it's a. Uh, Usually that's a hit. It just never. I'm just. I'm not in the state to hear that yet. Because at that point, I don't care. Yeah, I was gonna say Will Leach had Keith Law on his podcast this week, and they were talking about WPA, so win probability added. And yeah. they said it, it was one of these stats like after a game. It's kind of cool to go back and see, but like in the moment. It doesn't have much context. It doesn't mean much. And that, yeah, we have some of these stats that, like, from a, just going back and assessing the game perspective, it's fun, but probably right. don't enhance the viewing experience that much in the moment. No, it totally doesn't. It does not enhance my viewing experience. Like, that particular thing doesn't. So that's interesting. I might have to listen to uh, – I subscribed to Leach's podcast, but I haven't listened to my episode yet. I'm going to have to do that. It was, uh, for those of you skeptical about Law's book, that it would be in Twitter Keith Law style, mm -hmm. it was interesting to hear how he approached this. So the title, when he says, how to watch baseball the right way, that kind of turned me off right there. Was <laughs> that is that sarcasm? Or is he trying it's, to be... And honestly, like, so the people who have read it, and I'm like halfway through it, he intentionally tries not to do what he does on Twitter a lot of the time. And it's he basically sets out, if I was sitting down watching a game with somebody, I'm just going to have a conversation about what these new stats mean, how you can... It's basically a primer for basic sabermetric stuff at the end of the day. Yeah. 
I've well, that's pretty cool. I mean, the world needs it. that. Someone else was saying that Brian Kenny's book, um, uh, help me out with the title here, Against the Ahead of the Curve, ahead something of the like curve. that? Ahead of the Curve. Ahead yeah. of the Curve, yeah. It came out last year. Right? Yeah. Um, someone was saying that that was a really good book, and that's good to hear because I like him, but I was just worried the book was just going to be a very kind of what we've seen written plenty of times, just like, here's why Saber Magic are awesome. Here's what they mean sort of thing. But I've heard that's also really good. Do you do either of you have baseball reading material this year yet? What do you mean? Well well Eric it uh, well Eric it sounds like you're reading Keith Law's book. I do. I'm actually interviewing Keith Law tomorrow for on baseball writing. Oh man. Awesome. And speaking of that, uh, if you would if you've enjoyed on baseball writing, you can go to patreon.com slash on baseball writing and give some money to help keep that podcast going. You know, that was, uh, I set that up. That was on purpose. <laughs> Eric, so I did, is this true? You have a Patreon set up for your, uh, for your podcast? I, I do. Alex, okay. did you know if you gave $30 a month for just three months, I would interview you for an episode of on baseball writing? That, I feel like that punishes your listeners. <laughs> no one needs it. All right, we'll, we'll 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 discuss. No, everybody wants to hear. How did you yeah. get started at Viva Albertos? What's your long term goals? Who have you looked up to? Who's mentored you? These are the I things could, people want to know. I could answer these questions really fast without paying ninety dollars. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's cool. That's I will um, I will look into that. Brandon, I'm reading a book called Fall from Grace. Um, well, I'm not reading it yet because I'm reading a, a political book right now, but it's on next. But it's The Truth and Tragedy of Shoeless Joe Jackson that was given to me for Christmas Ooh. by um, my in-laws. That's, that's super cool. What is the political book you're reading? It is called Shattered. Oh, I think I heard about it. It's kind of the book a lot of people are talking about right now about um, – um, Hillary's uh, campaign and what went wrong. Oh, and, true. Um, near so disclosure, I have a good friend from D.C. who worked pretty high on that campaign. and He's talked about it a lot in the book, so it's kind of weird to read it at times. Um, <laughs> I hope he doesn't know I'm reading it, to be honest. I, I, won't, I, won't venture, I won't venture a guess as to who it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eric, do you, do you get a notification when you get new Patreon supporters? Brandon Lee... We'll go on record as the first Patreon donor in the history of the On Baseball Writing Podcast. Hey, Eric, why don't you hook me up with a link to that? Because I missed it. When, uh... <laughs> Didn't you hear? It's patreon.com slash on baseball writing. Brandon, what do you get for five bucks? I already forgot. <laughs> um... Uh, you mentioned me by name on a podcast, and uh, you will plug... Also, if you are a baseball writer, then I will plug your site when I mention you. So am so I basically going to plug my own podcast? <laughs> you're going, yeah, you're, <laughs> and you can, you can hear, you can hear Brandon and me on an NL Central show, uh, which, which appears periodically on banishedtothepen.com. You don't have to say that. You could just say banished to the pen, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is exciting.
<laughs> you have your you're you're finally making money from that baseball thing. I I am a professional podcaster now. <laughs> uh, and a professional and a professional baseball writer. You got paid for fan sided that one time. I got paid ten dollars over the span of about a year. I listened to two episodes yesterday um, at work. Um, one of them I really, really enjoyed. That um, they're both really good. Um, you, one was with the woman from uh, Deadspin, and the other one was the woman who I think writes for the Blue Jays. Stacy May Fowles. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the one with Stacy. Um, I was gonna say, Brandon, you asked about baseball books. Her uh, baseball life advice was one of my favorite things I've read in a while. I recently purchased it. It has arrived in the mail. I'm I'm going on a train ride to Detroit on Friday and that is going to be my reading material. You so like- I'm really looking forward to it. I really like her uh I really like her tiny letter too. Her uh her email newsletter. So Yeah, I need to really looking forward to it. I really liked when she said She's the first person I've heard say, you don't have to write every day, because writing every day is hard. She did. I appreciated that, because it is hard, especially if you have another job, you know, um, that takes up most of your time. Alex, when you're, when you're struggling to write, do you have some things that you do to crank out content? This is just going to slip into an on-baseball episode. This is a, a backdoor <laughs> on-baseball writing <laughs> Um, I will usually scan one of, um, like sometimes baseball reference and go on the play index and try to just find something that I think is quirky that jumps out at me. Um, that or I'll scan like, uh, Derek Gould chat cause he covers just so much stuff in depth that I'll hope so- something that he says will jump out at me that I find worth writing about, but. So I struggle with that sometimes, so I'm always looking for new ways to find something to write about. See, hey, if, and, if uh, you were and willing to pay 90 bucks, we could do an hour of this. <laughs> and sometimes sometimes you just phone up a Hall of Famer, right? <laughs> that, so, yeah, I what Brandon's talking about is I talked to Ozzy Smith on the phone a couple of weeks ago. He was basically making the rounds. I don't know if you all noticed, um, because he's doing, yeah, this. yeah this, like, he also this, showed up on the ringer. Yeah. On the ringer. True blood interviewed him for baseball prospectus. Um, a, a lot of people interviewed him. Um, but yeah, so he was like my childhood hero. So getting to just talk to him on the phone was a pretty, pretty cool it was like one of those things where after i hung up i just kind of laughed because i was like i was just on the phone with ozzy smith so it, it was pretty cool he was he was very nice and very um you know i remember thinking well i know exactly what he sounds like so if this is like some sort of hoax i'll know it immediately <laughs> so it was nice to know when he started talking that it's obviously him <laughs> And not like did uh, college. Did he uh, did he explain how he got out of the Springfield mystery spot? <laughs> no, you know I didn't. It's funny you say that because there were so many things afterwards. I wanted to. I wish I'd asked him about. I asked him pretty standard and um, 
somebody asked not that great of creative questions. And that was one of the things I kind of wish I'd asked them about was the Simpsons. Um, Cause people have written so many things about that Simpsons episode, but I've never heard him actually. I don't think I've heard him comment on it too much. So I would have liked to have heard him. Hasn't he, hasn't he said that it's one of the things that people ask him about the most? I think I have. Yeah. I, I corrected myself when I was about to say, I've never heard him talk about it. Cause I know I have, but, but I've never heard him like go too far in depth about it. Oh, and another, uh, just in case you are looking for another game to watch on MLB TV, it appears as though Chatwood Tyler Tyler Chatwood has a no hitter through five just for what it's worth. Over. No kidding. Um, All right. Down the street from you, Alex, against the Padres. So I went to a game at Petco uh, a couple weeks ago. It was Padres and Diamondbacks. Grinky was pitching. Padres won one nothing on a, a solo shot in the eighth. Um, but what's more notable than any of that is I met a friend of mine who I knew from D.C. who was in town um, for other things. We met up at the game. And I went up to get two beers. And I came back. And they were $27. For two beers? Two beers, $13.50 a piece. Because I've always thought in my head, what is that imaginary line that I just will not cross <laughs> for buying a beer at a baseball game? And I didn't know that they were this expensive. Um, and one was a Modelo Tallboy, and the other one was a Pacific, a Pacifico Tallboy. So I'm not talking about like crazy craft beers here. I'm talking about two pretty standard beers in a can, and they were thirteen fifty a piece. Oh my gosh! Huh. You know, uh, I was a crazy, right? I was at my first. Uh, that's pretty close. That's pretty close to a limit there. I was at my first Cubs game of the season, and uh, I noticed that they hiked the beer prices probably fifty to seventy-five cents, depending on the beer. So now, uh, even a standard issue Bud Light is gonna run you over ten dollars i think from a vendor Ooh. and then a 312 is running you close to 11 in other words we better in other words we better pregame for the double added. you can go to every reds game for a month for that price <laughs> that's right you yeah. can buy the pass 30 bucks a month every home game i love that thing the cardinals did something similar i think it's cool yeah, the White Sox do it. The Cubs, it'll be a while before it gets to that point again. I'll be number one on the season ticket list before. Haven't you been on the season ticket list for a decade at this point? Yeah, I've been on the season ticket list for a long time. Long time. I'm still, uh, I'm I'm still like thirty-seven thousand something. So the whole stadium will have to turn over before <laughs> I reach the top of the list. Like not even not even all the season ticket holders, but like one <laughs> one for every seat in the stadium. Brandon, is that three one two on draft? No. It's that's three one that's three one two from yeah, from the okay. from the vendors. That's yeah. still better than thirteen fifty. <laughs> it is better than thirteen fifty. Yeah. But it's no, true. That's it also is better. quite pricey. I do wonder what the I do wonder what it is at the Sox game, though, because 
they have a de pretty decent selection of craft, and I notice that their their prices are not the best. They have better selection, but the prices aren't necessarily better than the Cubs. Hey, here's a question: Has Guaranteed Rate Field caught on yet? I haven't really heard many people say it. No, I I haven't I haven't started saying Guaranteed Rate outside of jokes. Are people saying the cell still? Yeah, I think people still call it the cell. Yeah. I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people still call it like Comiskey. People call it Sox Park. I mean, it's not I think guaranteed rate. I don't. I don't think it's going to catch on. It's the Willis Tower of baseball stadiums. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, Eric. Eric how'd that oh, damn it! Huh? How'd that burger oh. turn out? He just gave up a hit. Damn. It froze as soon as... It froze while the ball was in the air. Okay, now I don't need to watch Colorado-San Diego anymore. I was actually asking about Eric's <laughs> burger. Uh, it's, I ate it. It was fine. We have such He's still alive. My he, wife came in and said... Eating a burger at 11.30 at night is not something I've done in a long time. Well, she came in and said... <clears throat> I said, honey, I, I ate it. I mouthed it to her. And she was, I think, a little disgusted. But <laughs> it's done. It's, it's done. What's done is done. Yeah. Hey, did you tell her that you're paid for your baseball work now? Hey, Jess. Yeah. I'm getting paid $5 a month to do on baseball writing now. What do you think about that? She said it's awesome. She gave me Congratulations. Do you, how do you feel being married to a professional baseball podcaster? You're proud of me? Yeah. Thank you. Tell her if she pays 90 bucks, she can come on and talk to <laughs> you. If you pay $90, I'll interview you. You do have some right. You wrote a very good baseball article a few months ago. We'll get that. I'll get you on the calendar. <laughs> wow. What, a, what good episode of the show. <laughs> wow, your fun fact of the day. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber is the fastest Cub to hit 20 home runs. Ever? Yeah. Not fastest like running fastest, but I mean fewest number of games. <laughs> I thought you were going running fastest, and I could not imagine what scenario that would have been in. He said 20 home runs, <laughs> and he runs a 840. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Schwarber was a linebacker in high school, uh -huh. so I actually wouldn't be surprised if he has a decent 40 time. Uh, he has to be a pretty uh, good athlete. I mean, I, I know he's not, like, you know, known for his uh, play in the outfield, but if you're playing the outfield in the major leagues, even if you're, like, Matt Holiday or something, I still think people would be impressed at how good of athlete they still are, especially if, compared to guys like, guys like us. If the Chris Coughlin slide taught us anything, it's that they're <laughs> all way better athletes than we thought they were. <laughs> The hurdle. That that was uh, 
that that was incredible. It was one of those plays where I, I hate when this happens, but I, I just happened to have Twitter open when it happened, and I felt like I had to say something about it, <laughs> or, or people wouldn't realize I just saw something cool, which is a really dumb thing. Um, <laughs> but I think I wrote like, "Whoa, what a cool slide!" or, or something. But no, that was that was crazy. I didn't even. Not just jumping over him, but to jump over him and to have the landing be perfect to where the plate was right right there for his arms to touch, for his hands to touch. Somersault right onto it. It kind of reminded me of like that play you see in football way more often when like a running back is running in the open field and a defender goes low to tackle him just as the running back is hurtling him. Um, but this was even way crazier than that. Well, what time we got? We got bedtime. Quarter to, quarter to eleven. Yeah. It's not. It's quarter to midnight. Quarter, quarter, quarter to midnight in eight, Eastern time. Eight forty-five on the on the West Coast here. <laughs> Oh, you. Uh, so early. While we were talking, the Cardinals did win. So the current updated standings, um, because it matters on May second, the Cubs are one game up of both the Brewers and Cardinals, who are at five hundred, and Reds and Pirates are two games back, both two games under five hundred. And the Cubs did win that one final. They did. Good. <laughs> and the Celtics won too, by the way. And, in case you, State is putting in case you missed the part where we said that. Hey, uh, Alex. Yeah. What do you think of the Bears draft? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> my brother and I were talking about this. He's also a Bears fan, and so oh, yeah. it's not clear that they wouldn't have drafted that they wouldn't have been able to draft him anyway at number three, right? Like, there's no definitive proof that they had to move up. In fact, there's way less than that. Um, so that looks terrible. Two, they drafted three guys from non-FBS schools, and two of them I had never heard of. And I'm about to tell you these schools. Um, and I'm not denigrating these schools or these players, but there was another article talking about like other players who've been drafted from like Division II schools, and it's typically not a um, great... They typically don't have a great track record. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you know this, but Walter Payton didn't go to a... To a Division One school. Sorry about that. I don't think you hear that. He went to what? Jackson State. Yeah. Are you guys there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh crap! Sorry, sorry. I I don't know if you can hear that, but I opened ESPN to look at their draft, and it like started making all this crazy noise with the videos. Um, but they drafted a tight end from Ashland College. And another one from like 
Kingston or Buxton or some college I've never heard of. You know, I, I think I'm saying, I think both of those were wrong um, in my trying to get the last college, but something like that. So it was not good, Eric, is what I'm saying. It doesn't sound good. It wasn't good. And the fans sound pretty restless. Brandon was at the Bulls game the other night, and I thought this was quite rude, but it sounds like the quarterback was announced on the big screen. Brandon, is this right? And he got booed? <laughs> uh, yeah, he was booed. <laughs> I would say there were people on some of the some of the Bulls reporters on Twitter reported it as uh, a mixture. Uh, I would say that it was majority boos. I would say it was about two thirds boos, one third cheers. That's the thing about boos is they usually are louder than cheers, so you will hear them more. Um, but yeah, that's. So uh, I hope he realizes they were booing the Bears and not him. But... Actually, you know what? I'll say this for uh, I'll say this for North Carolina A and T. Yeah, they've produced a decent number of football players. Oh yeah, that was the one um, non-FBS school I had heard of of the three where they where they had drafted players from. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. That's all. Uh, Alex, where can we find you on the baseball internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter at AlexCard79, and I write at Viva Alberto's, uh, the Cardinals website for SB Nation, a couple times a week. Uh, Brandon, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Eric Roseberry. Uh, you can find my writing every Monday. I'm at Baseball Prospectus with the Buyer's Guide. So if you're a fantasy baseball player, uh, I look at a potential pickup and whether or not you should uh, buy or sell that player. Uh, you can also find my writing at Red Reporter. And you can also subscribe to the aforementioned On Baseball Writing podcast. Wait, and how can we support the On Baseball Writing podcast, Eric? You can go to patreon.com slash onbaseballwriting. And whether you're a writer or not, if you will give me $90, I'll interview you for an hour and we talk about whatever you want. Uh, that, sound, that sounds great. You know, once I once I get a raise at my nonprofit job, I will. Uh, that's that's definitely going on the, <laughs> on the top of the list. Definitely before vacation. Um, you, can find, uh, you can find me on Twitter at BlueInternets. Uh, you can find my writing occasionally at BanishToThePen.com. Uh, and please give us a follow at BanishToThePen on Twitter and uh, you know hopefully we'll be doing this a little more regularly this season so hope to talk to you soon on NNL Central